Welcome back to the Titanian Gardens. Before we begin today's episode, and you may have already noticed, new episodes of Cobbler's Gulch will release on Tuesdays. As the witch Gretchen Hexenkopf grows stronger, it's important that we mix things up from time to time. Alright, on to episode 37. Oblivion and the Blood Moon. Sometimes as few as five words can strike the eardrum, and an epiphany is born. As is the case when Meridian Picklesworth reveals to Hazel that she is that baby, the one that Gretchen Hexenkopf, when she was still Opal Tinsley, had loved so dearly. Suddenly, many things seem clear. Gretchen Hexenkopf's recognition of Hazel in the dungeon, Gretchen Hexenkopf's fake disappointment when Hazel does not return that recognition, and Hazel's affinity for lilt blossoms. But there are more questions, too. What did Hazel's parents do when they found the changeling in place of their daughter? And what happened to them after the changeling incident? And what happened to Opal Tinsley's affections for Hazel? Had they not carried through to the heart of Gretchen Hexenkopf? If she was so fond of me, why did she lock me and the other orphans in the dungeon? Well, you've just answered your own question, haven't you? She was fond of you, and that was when she was Opal Tinsley. Now she's Gretchen Hexenkopf, and she's fond of neither anybody nor anything. She's a witch, and a witch's heart has no room for fondness or warmth or even pleasantries. Haven't you seen a witch's heart? I haven't. Ugh, they're horrible things. They look like prunes, smell like dung, feel like the tongue of an old cat, and when they're beaten, ugh, they sound like chains being dragged over cobblestones. Iggly. Bigly. Indeed. Hazel returns to thoughts of her parents and their part in all of this. Do you know what happened to my parents after I was taken? I'm sorry, but I don't. Fairies aren't all-knowing. Or didn't you know? I didn't know. Yes, well, we've gotten sidetracked. I spoke with the other orphan about Gretchen as well. Uh, the dizzy one? <laughs> you mean Oz. I couldn't understand him. That happens when he gets mixed up. Is he ever not mixed up? Hazel smiles, shaking off the thought of a witch's black heart and warming to the memory of Oz rising to the occasion in the corridor of the castle. He has his moments. Tell me what he couldn't, and skip the obvious. I know that nasty creatures prefer the company of other nasty creatures, but why else was Gretchen consorting with goblins? They were doing her bidding. In exchange for fairy dust. Goblins and fairy dust? Meridian Picklesworth spits at the thought of it. Ugh! Blithering gluts! What bidding were they doing? Kidnapping in Cobbler's Gulch. Men, women, or children? Men and women only, I think. And when they delivered them to her, she turned them into goats. Goats? This detail immediately piques the interest of Meridian Picklesworth. The fairy bites her lip, considering the significance of the information. There's a reason she turned them into goats instead of, say, ash or a bucket of slime or some other thing that was not alive. Her powers have not matured. She's still in oblivion. That place between here and there. Between apprentice and master. What happens when she moves out of oblivion? Well, she'll become a fully grown witch then, won't she? And she'll have the capacity to usher in another age of gloom. As bad as the last? Worse. 
Each age of gloom brings with it nastier nastiness and wickeder wickedness. That's the way things go, Hazel Peachwood. We just become more of who we're meant to be. And seasons and eras and ages, they do the same. Winters get colder. Summers get hotter. And glooms get gloomier. That will be terrible. That's not the worst of it. Meridian can barely get the words out. The fairy's tough facade yielding for a moment, seeming it could give way to tears at any second. Do you know what a young witch needs to solidify her powers? What? Children. A lot of children. She wanted all of the children of Cobbler's Gulch. That's what she told the goblins. Which should be even easier and easier to come by. What with all the adults being snatched up and turned into goats and all. But she hasn't turned them all to goats. No. Many of them she and her fool ran out of town with a well-placed rumor. The others she turned to goats. Still, she couldn't have turned too many into goats. Not the mayor or the librarian or the town crier. Or all the others who live in town. Not in one night. Love, you've been in a dither for much longer than one night. It's been three days. This news absolutely stuns Hazel. It's a peculiar thing to lose big blocks of one's life, isn't it? But it's better than losing one's life altogether, which you almost surely did. Why didn't I lose my life, though? The same reason Gretchen Hexenkopf can turn people to goats, but not to dust. She's not powerful enough yet. But if she manages to corral all the Cobbler's Gulch children to execute this great orphan siege, she'll be just one blood moon and a few incantations away from supreme wickedness. And the next time one of her specters strikes you, you'll not likely walk away, no matter how many fairies operate on you. Death is not something many children recognize. They're so full of life, so brimming with possibility that they shine a bright light upon all deathly things. And a brush with mortality is washed out by this bright light. So a confrontation with it can seem like any other moment. But the heaviness, the weight of Meridian Picklesworth's words, the feeling of death lurking, it creeps out from the brilliant light Hazel casts. And she feels it in full. And it feels horrible and wonderful and terrible all at once. Horrible and terrible for obvious reasons. And wonderful because nothing makes a body feel more alive than a brief waltz with death. Did you really operate on me? We did. Nothing a little fairy magic couldn't mend. Thank you. Skip the pleasantries, Hazel Peachwood. Fairies make things bloom, and you're as lovely as any bloom that ever was. Now that you've mentioned blossoms, I've been wishing on little blossoms for as long as I can remember. Why has a wish never been granted until now? Until recently, you had never wished for something that a fairy could help you with. If you're going to make wishes, Hazel Peachwood, make them reasonable. How many unreasonable fairies do you know? Actually, you're the only fairy I've ever known. And I've only known you since I woke. And do I look like I can fiddle with time? Or unvanish the vanished? Or raise the dead? Um, well... Don't you dare, Hazel Peachwood. You know I don't have that look. 
whichever look that might be. Vacant eyes, I'd imagine. An ashy skin. And probably chapped lips. Do lilt blossoms bloom during an age of gloom? What would you guess? I'd guess not. Then you would have a knack for guessing. Gretchen Hexenkopf can't move out of oblivion. She just can't. We have to- No, love. There is no we. Fairies make things grow. We do not tear things down. Even evil things. You could make an exception. If you feel so inclined to put a crack in Gretchen's cauldron, love, you'll have to do so without the help of fairies. Do you think pirates and circus folk and villagers will be enough to stop Gretchen? Perhaps. But you'll need to be quick. The blood moon is imminent. If Gretchen matures into a full-powered witch, you'd need another wooden wolf to defeat her. What's wrong with the wooden wolf we've got? He's broken. Not that he shouldn't be. That man has stared down enough dragons and witches and warlocks in his time for an army of warriors. But what's left of him now is not a tenth of the man he once was. And if you wanted another one like him, it would take some time. They don't happen for every few thousand years or so. We'll be quick, and we'll make do with the wooden wolf we have. As Hazel begins to take her leave... One last thing, love. When a person involves herself with evil and witchery and nastiness, as you are about to do, it's easy to lose sight of oneself. Remember that you are who you are, and that's exactly who you're supposed to be. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch, The Reluctant Storyteller. In the meantime, consider your own oblivion, that state of being unaware, that feeling of being lost. What questions are you not asking yourself? What are you not paying attention to? What feelings in your gut are you ignoring? The honest answers to such questions make for a roadmap that will take you precisely where you ought to go.